Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. For those of you watching in video form, there's absolutely nothing different uh, going on at all. Absolutely nothing. It's it's a great time. We are back again sans Mr. Sin for the win. Unfortunately, some computer issues right before Christmas. Gotta love that. Uh, whenever stuff like that pops up. So unfortunately, uh, this may be the last time, or last episode may be the last time that Sim was on the show this year. We'll have to wait and see what happens after the holiday. We might get him back on the show exactly before the new year. But Endo and I are here. Endo, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Um, you know, uh, it's been a it's been a, a wild week uh, so far. Um with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happening. We'll, we'll get to it eventually. It's probably going to be a big talking point for the show today. But um, things yeah. are all right. Uh, they could be a lot worse. And fingers crossed that they keep going. How are you? There you go. I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you, you mentioned it. It's been an interesting couple of days. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of this being a hockey podcast as well, admittedly, right up front, this episode might be a little bit more disjointed. Because we can't really follow our, our typical formula, because everything's everything's going wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll get into what hockey topics we can towards the end of the show. We'll talk about this weekend's events as well to be able to end things on a bit of a high notes. Uh, so let's get down to business, as we always do at the start of this show. I do want to mention, of course, that this podcast, as it has been for the majority of its existence, is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped.com, of course. Manscaped, the home of the lovely Performance Package 4.0, in which uh, we were able to give one away this weekend as well. We'll talk more about that later on. Of course, you can use code TUGI at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. You may have missed out on some of their holiday specials, but I promise you it doesn't matter what time of year you 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 decide to get the best tools for the job. You won't regret it. Manscape the place for everything related to top-notch male grooming, whether it be that lovely lawnmower 4.0, whether it be the weed whacker for the nose and the ear hair. Even if it's down to just a simple pair of their boxers, which again are the best pair of boxers I own. I gotta be honest, top-notch. So again, use code TOGI at checkout if you visit manscaped.com. 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping awaits at Manscaped. Endo. Hold on before you before you go. I had a joke. You want to make sure that uh, it's top. Your your boxers are top notch, so you have a top crotch. Manscape. <laughs> All right. Well, we have an episode title. <laughs> I almost choked on my oh my doctor pepper. God. <laughs> now that's a doctor. I can support. God, again, a great uh, amount of appreciation towards our friends at Manscaped. In terms of this show, in terms of what's going on in the hockey world, let's be honest, again, we're still in the same spot that we were last week. If not, hey, things might be even looking a little bit worse. We will briefly touch up upon everything that's been going on as we have had numerous games, uh, you know, numerous games have been postponed at this point. Um, pretty much any team that would have required over the border tr- over the border travel between the U.S. and Canada, those have been postponed. A lot of teams have just been shut down until after the holiday. It's it's a mess, and and look, all it really leads to 
is a, a bunch of different uh, conversations, but generally the same discourse that I think we're all tired of having at the end of the day. You know, you see someone like Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues mention, I'd like to see no testing unless you have symptoms. And a comment like that leads to a comment section that is nothing but, well, asymptomatic doesn't mean that you can't transmit, or not necessarily transmit, but doesn't necessarily mean that you can't pass on the words escaping me right now. Because, again, this is a conversation yeah. I don't really want to have. That leads to the entire conversation of, well, just because you're asymptomatic doesn't mean that you can't pass it on. And then other people being like, oh, well, this, uh, how long until we get back to real life? And uh, we can't, we got to just move on. But that... That entire conversation, there was not a human being on the planet that is not tired of having it, I dare say, regardless of what side of the situation you end up on. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing about it, specifically the conversation, just in regards to what should be done, what shouldn't be done. I'm over it. You know, you talk about what the NHL should or shouldn't be doing now. In terms of how to handle stuff like this, you talk about, again, it's basically all but confirmed that the NHL players will not be going to the Olympics, which means if it happens in 2026, it would have been uh, 12 years in between NHL players being represented at the Winter Olympics, which is brutal. <sighs> the Olympic stuff I'm not surprised at, the arguing and bickering and all that crap in relation to what the NHL should do in regards to COVID. And no, I'm just over it. I'm, we still have to at least allude towards it, because how can we not mention it when we've had, I believe, 41 games postponed? Yeah. I think it's 41 games. 43, according to NHL.com, because the uh, the Devils and Penguins were postponed this afternoon. Right. 43 NHL games have been postponed. We can't not mention it no matter how sick all of us might be of having this conversation. <sighs> we got to talk it's, about it. It's, it's something that's affecting not only the NHL, but just not only hockey itself, but the whole entire world at this point. Well, at least North America majorly with all those. Yeah, and literally 50, 55 seconds ago, NHL Public, Rela Public Relations on Twitter puts out that the Kraken Coyotes game uh, has been postponed as well. So, I mean, it's literally a continuing... Yeah ongoing uh, set of circumstances here that there's there's really no other conversation to have about it aside from just acknowledging like hey yeah the NHL has a decision to make how are they going to handle things moving forward will taxi squads come back will it be okay well you're asymptomatic but you're vaccinated we'll let you play in terms of what might happen there is a discussion to be had I don't want to have that discussion yeah it's fair. Flat out. It's I'm fair. tired of it. I'm sick of it. This this all sucks. We all want everything uh, to get back to as close to normal as possible because, let's be honest, I feel like our, our normal has changed for the long run here. If not permanently, we'll see. And, again, that's why we don't want to have the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but in the hockey topics that we are going to cover today, because we're not going to go day by day like we normally do, because I don't want to be like, okay, and this game happened, and these three were postponed, but then this game happened. That's not that's not fun either. But arguably the biggest talking point in hockey outside of everything that's going on would be Paul Maurice of the Winnipeg Jets stepping down as head coach. And this was a quote here. 
This is a good team. I'm a good coach. But sometimes you can only push so far. Sometimes the team needs a new voice. They haven't quit on me, but they need a different voice. It's the right time for it, and I know that. This was completely out of nowhere. Completely out of left field. And obviously, like, some people might want to read between the lines as to whether or not, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to deal with everything that's, you know, the extra hurdles that he and none of us signed up for. Or if it's just true, if he feels like he has gone as far as he can as Jets head coach. I mean, he has been the head coach. This was his ninth season as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. He's been there uh, since day one. Uh, has he not? Well, maybe not since day one. I think he started, uh, Claude Noel was before him, but he was, uh, I think, as what, the 2014? I think the beginning of 2014 was when he was hired, which yeah. that is a long, long time. He's been around for a long time. I think he's like one of the most, he, at the, at, I think at one point he was like the longest tenured coach for like a team in a while. Well, yeah, that's what I'm actually looking up right now. I want to see who the, okay, so right now, Longest tenured head coaches. There are three. Actually, well, yeah, I mean, God, there. So, okay, longest tenured head coach right now in the NHL is John Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, who was hired in March of 2013. Uh, Maurice was hired January of 2014. So he was the second longest uh, tenured head coach in the NHL right now. Uh, the other ones are interesting. The current second place is Jeff Blaschel of the Detroit Red Wings. Damn. He has been there for that entire down period. Uh, God God bless him. Uh, and then Mike Sullivan has been with the Pittsburgh Penguins since December of 2015. Right. Uh, Jared Bednar with the Avs since August of 2016. And then Bruce Cassidy uh, with the Bruins mm-hmm. since February of 2017. Those are the five uh, longest tenured head coaches. So we have five guys who have been with their team for more than three and a half, three, three and a half years. Like someone like Paul Maurice, it's, it was a rarity for him to be around for that long. He is a great coach. I am sure he will find a a new place to go, but just the, the idea of a coach just being like, you know, my, my work here is my work here is done. There's nothing more I can do with this team. And it's interesting because last year we had all the, the conversations surrounding the jets what had happened with Patrick Laine, questions over the leadership styles and tactics used by Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley. It makes you wonder what's next uh, for the Jets. Right now, interim head coach Dave Lowry, uh, who has never been a full-on head coach at the NHL level. He uh, has been an assistant coach in the NHL uh, since the uh, actually since June of 2009 when he was with the Calgary Flames. So... You know, maybe he'll get a chance. I, we've seen that a couple of times already. Uh, you know, former, uh, I mean, hell, former players stepping in, becoming interim coaches and being like, oh, yeah, hey, let's let's stick with this guy. So maybe, just maybe. And, I mean, it's, it's interesting enough, too, right, that his, his son Adam is, is on the team. Right, I completely forgot so, about that. <laughs> but, I mean, for Paul Maurice, there, there's not too much to say. He's a great coach. If he wants to find work, I, I think he will. Mm-hmm. It's just very intriguing for someone in his situation to actively step down without any sort of controversy yeah. around it. That's um, the jets. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say that's a, that's a situation where I think a coach knows when the limit is for a certain team. 
or a certain mentality because mm. after a certain while you kind of just you're, you're, you're kind of frustrated internally when you know the guys are performing but you feel like yourself aren't performing at the same caliber that you think you should be at and i think mm. that's a good um it, it's it's a really god because this is like this doesn't happen before like a coach actively being like you know what these guys can go i can't forward. remember yeah i can't remember the last time it's i'm sure it's happened but i cannot remember the last time this happened exactly it's it's very very interesting definitely you have a jets team that is currently on, on the fringe of a, of a playoff spot obviously we still have a long way to go this season um you have a, a team that's obviously been in somewhat rebuilding mode, right? Like there was the conference final run, but you talk about like oh, like you know, Bufflin and, and Truba and Tyler Myers and who you know a good portion of that core that that's moved on. Some of them, of course, still there with the likes of Wheeler and Shifley. Right. It's it's intriguing to see what's next, but it was definitely a, a just a shocking move. And again, you look at what it means for the Jets. They did win their first game. After his departure, I, I could still see them making the playoffs. And again, Paul Maurice is only 54 years old. But this is a guy who at age 28 got his first NHL assistant coaching job with the Hartford Whalers. Yeah, I was going to say he's been around for a while, like a very long time. If He's what, 50? He's a 58, right? Yeah, dude, he has been a head coach for longer in the NHL for longer than you've been alive. Thanks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he he was the head he was named head coach of the Whalers in November of ninety five. And then went on to, you know, coach the Carolina Hurricanes, right. made a Stanley Cup final appearance in that time. Coached the Toronto Maple Leafs, very much did not make a Stanley Cup final appearance in that time. Yeah. Coached the Hurricanes again, which I feel like we don't talk about enough. Like he was with the Whalers, you know, stuck with them when they transitioned to Carolina and then came back. Very weird. And then, yeah, was with the Jets for seven years, just under um, eight full years as head coach of the team. So I'm intrigued to see what happens next for both parties, but that was just stunning. And it's one of those things where it's like, how, how can you dissect that even more and really talk about it in depth where it's just like, hey, it's it's a respectable move on his part. And, yeah, God, it's just it's very, very weird. Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, that organization is going to – want him to come back at any time like i feel like the door's gonna be wide open for him to come back in any sort of form even just as like uh advisory kids though i read reports as well that they really like him there like the organization the city everyone just like he's just a stand-up guy and what do you mean like the guy gave up gave put his life on the line basically for that team for how long and knowing him knowing when to call it quits is definitely I want to say admirable because some people just kind of run it down the train or just keep knowing they're out and they just keep going. Uh, example, Mike Babcock. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our next topic, and I'll, I'll mention this really here, uh, this quickly here too. Uh, obviously, had I opened it up to viewer questions today, which I didn't, we'll do that on the next show. A, a lot of it would have been in relation to, hey, what about the World Juniors? Uh, those are supposed to start, of course, the day after Christmas on the 26th, this Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about the World Juniors on the next show. Uh, I think it'll be worth, you know, kind of waiting to see how the things go over the next couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll take a look at uh, at the squads. I mean, I'm excited for the tournament, again, running through the 26th up to January 5th. It's going to be a fun tournament to watch, as it always is. We'll, we'll break things down a little bit more on the next show. Let's... 
talk about the Department of Player Safety again, huh? Oh, my God. So, uh, first and foremost, some of the news we didn't talk about or didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, shout out to Jason Spezza, whose suspension was uh, reduced from six games to four. There you go. Which, again, you could argue, like, we had the debate. <laughs> Over Jason Spezza and what he did, his lack of history versus what he did was brutal. Four games, though, is now the official ruling for Jason Spezza for what he did. Tucker Pullman got two games for swinging his stick at somebody's head. And Brett Connolly was just suspended four games for his hit on Tanner Caro of the Dallas Stars. Now... I've talked about this every time we've discussed the suspension. Does the intent or not? Intent is factored in. But if someone didn't intend to seriously hurt somebody, but they still did, well, hey, guess what? You still got to serve some time for that. Yeah, you can you can go give contact on someone, but if they get hurt during that play, like it's it's a physical game. I'm not gonna say just don't hit someone or. Or just, you know, be lay off. Like, finish your check, but if that check ends up giving someone some sort of injury whatsoever, then there should be some sort of repercussion for it. So, well, see, I think some people would counterpoint that and just be like, oh, well, if someone ends up being hurt, like, you can get hurt from a clean check. Yeah. And, and I get that. I mean, like, if there's, like, head, like Connolly, if contact with the head, what I'm referring to. Yes. Like, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And I mean, right. Like, I mean... God, especially the the Spezza play, like it was just again. I, I still say if Tom Wilson did what the Jason, uh, you know, did what Jason Spezza did on that play, and he was suspended for less than uh, Rafi Torres forty one game length suspension, yeah. people would be losing their minds. But that, of course, brings you to the Department of Player Safety, the inconsistency this year, and you know, I, I'm not going to say four games is is unrealistic. For Connolly, who doesn't have a history, he literally now has the same amount of games as Jason Spezza, both without histories. Um, and yeah, I mean, Connolly absolutely blew up Tanner Caro. Yep. You know, you look at the play, and it looked like Connolly expected a defender to pass it to Caro, where instead he chipped it off the glass to get it out of the zone, so Caro was never even near the puck when he got completely lit up. Um, you know, for Connolly, it's it's uh, an NHL veteran that's that's been playing down in the AHL. He gets a chance, wants to, I'm sure, play a, a good physical game and prove, hey, I should still be up here. And uh, unfortunately, he he jumped the gun a little bit and made a bad read. It's just, you know, I, I think I think it's it's reasonable to the standard that they've set this season that four games make sense, but it still brings it into question, like. Is it fair to compare incidents? Is it fair to compare this to Spezza? Right. Which one was worse? I'd say the Spezza hit was worse. Spezza knew exactly what the hell he was doing. That was a revenge hit. Whereas Connolly, you know, was going for this. Gotta love dropping the AirPods on the floor, by the way. No, I'm not flexing the AirPods. Um, (laughs) um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like... Four games, I think, is fine, but I just look back to other examples this year and can only say it just feels like they spun the wheel again. Uh, they're consistently inconsistent. Yeah, that's 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 basically it. Consistently consistent. Um, you, you have one ruling, and then which should be the same ruling for another. It's, it's a different ruling. And 
I, I don't know when like players are going to start revolting against dops because this is getting really bad. Like it's always bad, but like now it's just getting like out of hand. Uh, I'd thought that maybe after giving out the six games for um, for was it Spezza that it would have been like, a, OK, here's the bar. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set it up that way. Then it gets appealed and then all this happens. And now it's like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, no, I mean, it's been an issue. It's been an issue all season long, and I'm sure it will continue to be. Um, other quick little talking points here, since we're not going to do the, the game by game, the day by day, uh, the Vancouver Canucks won six in a row under Bruce Boudreaux. Um, and the stat that I saw out of this, 43% of the Canucks wins have been under Bruce Boudreaux so far this season. <laughs> 43% of their wins, six of them, account six six wins accounts for 43% of their total victories on the season so far. That's You talk about Paul Maurice and kind of knowing when it was the right time to be like, we're done here. Uh, boy, if only the Canucks had made that choice a little bit sooner with Travis Green. Not that anyone expected Travis Green to step down. It's not necessarily his, his decision or, you know, his responsibility to make that call. Right. But... Oof. I, Oof is all I can say to that particular stat line. Yeah, like, I know what I think I've said this before on the podcast, but that game when he walked down the um, when the jersey got thrown on the ice and he already walked down like through the tunnel to go back to the dressing room before the game was over. Mm-hmm. That was the moment you knew you were fired no matter what you you could you yeah. could say that you you quit. You could do that. But that was the moment you knew you were fired. And you look at the. Uh, playoff situation right now involving the Pacific Division. I mean, the Canucks, they're six points back of the Flames. The Flames do have three games at hand. But, I mean, theoretically, like, the Canucks aren't completely boned if they keep up this pace. It's close. They do have to keep up this pace. But it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that they can fight their way back into a playoff spot. The only teams that that, coincidentally I view as being out of it right now I mean, Chicago is four points back of Vancouver. Chicago does have a game at hand, but that means the Blackhawks are already uh, 10 points back of a wild card spot. That's going to be tough to recover from. Wouldn't hold my breath on that. Seattle. Seattle right now are 13 points behind the Oilers for that second wild card spot, and the Oilers have a game at hand. The Kraken aren't making the playoffs. Not even talking about a Stanley Cup, like, oh, mythical, magical, Vegas-esque cup run. They're not even making the playoffs. And, uh, you know, again, we, you know, and by we, I mean me. I I had the Kraken doing quite well this year. Uh, I think, again, you look at that team on paper, they are much, much better than 23 points through 30 games. Uh, I don't know if it's a coaching issue, which everyone kind of shook their head at Dave Haxtall. I mean, nobody could have expected to date 23 games and an 882 for a Philip Grubauer. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's not as good as he was in Colorado, but an 882. I mean, again, especially behind the defense, it doesn't look that bad on paper. Uh, it's it, It's been a rough, rough year for them, and it, by design, based off of what Ron Francis set up for that team. And then the Coyotes are in the toilet right now uh, as, as by design. So yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, but it, it really boggles the mind because 
both goalies uh, that are playing for uh, Seattle, uh, Grubauer and uh, Dreger, came from teams that are like defensively strong, like um, hmm. like Florida and with Colorado. And then you look on paper with that team that they have over there at Seattle, and you'd expect the same thing to carry out. But I guess it's just a different system that they're playing. And that can throw off a goaltender's rhythm completely 100% of the time because your D guys are your but are your best buddies. They're your, basically your best man, and every game's basically your wedding, and they need to have your back. And when you don't have that on a night like a night night in night out, uh, it can mess with you. To the drop down basically almost like a full like half like hundred of a percentage for a save percentage during like during this like new like regimen with the new group. It's it's rough. Um, I guarantee that um, I believe Seattle shut down as well, right? Uh, I think they are. Okay. Yeah, I, I hope that um, after this break right here and they go back home with their families after they get the clearance to go back, they can retool after because that's the same thing that happened with St. Louis uh, last year where they basically had the break retooled. Not last year, but the, when they won the cup, retooled and going on this massive run. I'm not saying they're going to go to a massive run because that was unprecedented completely. But anything's possible with hockey. Maybe they could squeeze in a like a like a wild card spot, or they could be like just on the cusp. But to, they need to be more competitive night in night out. And I think it's with Dreger and uh, Grubauer getting a little more rest over the the next week or two. That's the one thing that I do like that some teams are getting for, are getting closed down. It gives them more time to rest and more time to recuperate any injuries that they have. I mean, Marner's already back on the ice with the Leafs doing doing slap shots during that time. So maybe his recovery can mm. speed up a little bit faster, uh, more off ice stuff. I think I think it's good overall for obviously the, the reason we already talked about, but maybe just in a morality sense to just kind of relax, get it going and get ready for the second half of the season. There were a couple of other cool little moments I at least wanted to acknowledge over the past few days. You had Robin Leonard's return uh, to Long Island, which was really nice to see. Um, and it might be the uh, loudest ovation that that arena's heard so far yeah. for anything related to the Islanders because, oof. Yeah. But it's been rough for them in uh, UBS Arena so far. You had Garrett Sparks. Winning his first NHL game in over two years, yeah, for the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, I watched. That, yeah. I watched yeah? the. Uh, <laughs> I watched the uh, press conference afterwards uh, through Valley Sports because Carlin Bate uh, noted EA uh, NHL uh, voice lady who you can't turn off in NHL 22. Uh, post a video about his press conference afterwards, and he was emotional. Guys went to the ringer, uh, having to sign ECHL deals. Uh, with Orlando, which is the, which was the feeder for the Toronto Maple Leafs at the one time, then going to Calgary, then going to now to L.A. and getting a call up basically the morning before the game saying, oh, one o'clock, your flight's over there, hopping commercial flight, heading over to the facility and getting the start. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And that's basically him. It's basically a reassurance for that guy to say that, oh, I can still do this. To think that a year ago he was playing in ECHL, making $600 a week to basically getting paid minimum like NHL salary to go play over in the NHL again. And he, he did mention as well during that uh, that he got a concussion during his rookie season with Toronto, with the, with the Leafs. And mm -hmm. he said that after that was a giant spiral. And it's another thing that I want to talk about too is mental health and mental awareness is definitely something that 
is prevalent. And I'm glad that guys like Robin Leonard and I guess now Garrett Sparks are open about that and saying that something happened to me. I wasn't okay and it's okay to not be okay and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's interesting too, right? Because I'm looking on Elite Prospects and, you know, this that game was, uh, God, I mean, basically his prior game. Like, the AHL season for him in Ontario hasn't been going well. Yeah, he lost a lot. So it's almost, we've seen a couple instances of guys coming up from the A and then they just put on these great performances at the NHL level, but... You know, it's it's going to be one of those what ifs. I, you know, I think unfortunately in Leafs history, there's a lot of what ifs in terms of some of these guys that maybe could have stepped up uh, to the NHL level. I mean, again, he was AHL goalie of the year in that uh, 2018 Calder Cup run for yep. the Marlies. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, that was a great moment. You had Dylan Larkin getting his first career hat trick for the Detroit Red Wings, which shocked me that Dylan Larkin doesn't have a hat trick in his career yet. Yeah. But, um. Something funny yeah. about that, actually. Um, something that came out recently. I think it was. I saw it today. He knocked over someone's uh someone's beer, uh mm-hmm. behind the net, knocked it over, and then went to the coach, the uh, the training dressing room coach, to like, hey, give him a twenty because I dropped the beer. And I think that might just be his new uh pregame thing, just to knock over someone's beer, <laughs> give him a twenty <laughs> so he can get a hattie. Uh, absolute great captain, great leader in the locker room. I'm glad he was able to finally get a. Patrick. It's the season of giving, I do suppose. And then in other news, uh, shout out to the Arizona Coyotes who paid their debts. Uh, It's official. They will not be getting locked out of the Gila River Arena. Uh, They'll be allowed to stay. So, uh, yeah, congrats to the Coyotes for not having to face the worst case uh, scenario of playing the back half of their season in a freaking gym yeah they would be would they i think their backup plan was to go play with asu in their facility that are Mm. brand new which i think is again it's hilarious that asu borrowed from uh the yotes for a bit and now they're we just have to go pay back their favor yeah so that was some of the cool stuff that's gone on around the league over the past few days again there's not a ton to talk about like you have the one very much dominating headline and story that's currently, um, you know, that's currently taking over all of the the headlines and the news. But aside from some of those, then, I wanted to take a good amount of time on this show to talk about the events of this weekend. Because for those of you who are watching on video form, you have been staring at my bald head for the last half an hour. Which means uh, we did it. We did it, everybody. We did it. This this past weekend, the goal uh, from this Saturday was was pretty simple. Uh, raise $10,000 for the American Cancer Society. And somehow, some way, we did that in roughly 10 hours. Yeah, that was... As cool. insane as that is. And it's, I'm glad Endo is, is here specifically because Endo was with me, uh, you know, in a Discord call for a good portion of that stream on Saturday. And it's just, it was it was a hell of a day that still almost doesn't even kind of feel real in the aftermath of it. Um, you know, we, uh, two weeks before the event, you know, I 
checked my email and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, are you interested in hosting a charity event through, um, you know, a company called Soft Giving? And it's like, I'll, I'll entertain this. Like, I'll be honest. And I think a lot of other content creators can tell you, like, if you check your email almost daily, there's offers for stuff like this. And then you check the email and it's like, I've, I've seen kids' crayon drawings look more professional than this. Oh, my God. I- it's it's a common, common thing. So I'm like, ah, this one looks at least legit. Let's entertain it. And then the idea for the stream came together very, very quickly. Um, so as I said on Twitter and Instagram in the aftermath of this, like a, a big shout out to Soft Giving. Uh, they were phenomenal to work with and to help organize this. And the way that they set up what they do is incredibly, I'll use the word intuitive, but just quick and easy. It's, they're great to work with. So I was happy to um, be able to do that. And then you get into talking about the people that helped kind of make the event what it was, Endo included. Um, you know, we had over a dozen giveaways scheduled. Um, you know, soft giving themselves, uh, giving up uh, what was a gaming headset and uh, I think a $20 Steam gift card, which good friend of the show, Mr. Monkey Dude, actually ended up winning, which was great because yeah. Monk was awesome in terms of donating. He uh, really helped me kind of stay in- focused during the stream. We had uh, some extra challenges thrown in there. Like I was planning on being on NHL 22 the whole time, but for anybody that's watched on Twitch, uh, you know that we've had a history of playing GeoGuessr. I do love me some GeoGuessr. There have been some incredible memes to come out of GeoGuessr. Some of my favorite streams have been us, whether on FIFA or EASHL, um, you know, just the idea of playing club, uh, while we sit there in the dressing room and wait six hours to get a match, <laughs> play some GeoGuessr. It's the best. And, you know, he proposed the idea of, oh, 50 bucks if you can get to within... I think it was a hundred yards or something like that. Yeah. Like basically, pretty much get it right on the dot. And uh, yeah, twice we were able to do that. Both times he proposed that challenge. So shout out to Brisbane, Australia, and Glasgow, Scotland for helping uh, helping helping me be able to find these locations dead on and contributing at least an extra one hundred bucks there uh, to charity. Manscaped, of course, they've they've been great. Um, you know they helped uh, put up one of the performance packages uh, up there as well. It was great to give that away. And again, I, I talk about Manscaped and, and being appreciative for them. Like they did not have to stay on with this show when we underwent changes. Right. And, you know, in, in relation to that, in relation to that, and I'll say this because we're coming up on the end of the year. I've been very reflective as of late uh, in my personal life. That change and bringing Endo on to the show and then Sin on to the show and moving on from what it was, was not easy. It was not exactly how I thought things were going to go. There was a difference in opinion on what direction to take with the show and unfortunately, uh, there there was no negotiating uh, that. Uh, there was no compromise. It was, I have this vision, Deej had that vision. And unfortunately, you know, it, it led to that split, which, which sucks and is probably one of the low points of the year for me. 
but seeing how Endo has fit onto this show and how Sin has fit onto this show, and then seeing Manscaped just be like, hey, you know, we could sit here and dock uh, how much, you know, like we, we don't get paid a crap load for the sponsorship, but uh, enough to really keep the lights on, which is great. And Man- Manscaped, flat out, they could have said, uh, it's it, you, you're essentially rebuilding. We're out of here. Yeah. But no, they stuck with us, and for that, I'm so damn appreciative. And to be able to contact them and be like, "Hey, I'm doing this charity idea," and they're like, "Yeah, hey, what can we give you? Anything you want." Awesome, awesome company to work with, and I thank them tremendously. Um, you had Clappy mm-hmm. behind the scenes, the Clapperton, uh, with EA NHL. Just again, I'm like, "Hey, can you help out in any way?" He has a crap load of codes, and we were able to give away. A crap load of codes. There was a lot of codes. It was ridiculous. I think it was 30 in total. Yeah. Uh, between Xbox, PlayStation, like, again, like, I can't thank Clappy enough either for, for helping with that. Um, the team behind Franchise Hockey Manager, I've been really fortunate to have a great relationship with them for a couple of years now and to be able to try and shine as much of a spotlight on that series as I can, even if, thanks to... Roster sharing being added to NHL 22. I haven't been able to uh, play that game on stream or on you know make YouTube videos for it as much as I'd like to. Uh, they're still great. They gave us codes for that and out of the park baseball 22, which is another phenomenal game. Endo uh, originally you were going to give up one jersey. I think you ended up giving up two. Yeah. So I gave up a. Um, I can actually show you right now. It's right over here. So first one I gave up was the uh, the famed Matt Duchesne uh, jersey. Uh, that Tugi uh, gave me after I gave mm. him the spider hats. And then mm-hmm. the second one was a jersey that I got from Crash Andrews because uh, we did a little barter at the Philip on that, too. Uh, oh, boy. Well, here, go grab what you're going to grab, yeah. and I'll hype up Crash as well because Crash was gotcha. also great uh, on this particular stream. I mean, again, offering jerseys, offering. Uh, a hockey card package as well, which there was some, I mean, we're not just talking like the average, like, oh yeah, the upper deck full collection, like Crash was great with offering great stuff. Again, that would be twitch.tv forward slash Crash Andrews as Endo presents the other jersey he was willing to give up, which was, number one, the Rangers' best jersey ever. Uh, It's their dark blue alternate from around 2010, a Rick Nash, which... I, I want that jersey myself. Uh, <laughs> I do have a Lundquist in that style, but... I'm jealous. God, I mean... And that just kind of goes through, like, throughout the stream as well. Endo benefited from this. Uh, shout out to my, my good friend, Mr. Tactics HD. Uh, randomly just being like, hey, here's a Battlefield code. Guess who ended up with the Battlefield oh, code? I, I scooped that shit up super quick. <laughs> I had a, It's almost as if I had a, that Microsoft Redeem code button on, like, a hotkey, because I was gone it was gone <laughs> i thought it was uh god i thought that was great uh to the new jersey devil uh the mascot of the devils he was able to give away some shirts which was great uh and again i always call him mr gtac 13 jerseys he was able to give away uh some jerseys shit hawks jerseys as well was able to give away uh, a nifty little johnny goodrow flames jersey I mentioned Monkey Dude. He gave away a bunch of game codes, whether for Steam or Xbox. Uh, Cool Hockey. They came in clutch uh, with a gift card as well to give away. And again, we've uh, personally gone through Cool Hockey many, many times to uh, 
get the jersey hookup. They're another great, uh, you know, a great outlet to support. Um, and again, of course, I, I did give up that that infamous Montreal jersey, the yeah. uh, the Spider Habs. For anybody who isn't watching the video form, starter. The, the brand starter came out with quote-unquote fashion jerseys in the 90s. These are monstrosities. And this is arguably the best slash worst. It almost looks like the cover of a Van Halen album. Oh, my God. Um, it's it's ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, we, we're giving that away. i got to ship that out hopefully this week. Um, honestly, might have to wait until after the holiday boom because yeah. Jesus. As you say that, um, um, another thing I want to talk about fashion jerseys real quick. Have you seen the stuff that Sherwood's been doing? No. Okay. So first, Sherwood had the Tim Staple designs and all that. And everyone kept tagging me because uh, the kid in that thing was black. And I'm like, oh, it's Endo. And he has long hair. I'm like, thanks, guys. But oh, he recently did something <laughs> with OVO. And like, you'd get like a like Drake branded, like, like, because OVO is the brand. And you get that branded. Mm-hmm. And they had like a puck. And like, on top of the puck, it was gold plated. Gold plated. Gold, yeah, yeah, you heard me. Gold plated. It was a gold plated puck. If you look up like Sherwood OVO, the stuff is super clean, and I'm I'm concerned that Sherwood. Like I've always used Sherwood sticks. I, I find them. I like them the best. Canadian Tire Hockey, okay. by the way, amazing. And I feel like they could turn into a brand that's just like fashion hockey because they're selling a goalie mask on there, coveted mask, great quality mask. For $5,000. <laughs> I can tell you, I have a brand new mask that's like a thousand. This is Canadian. Like a thousand Canadian for like a brand new NHL spec mask. Who's going to pay $5,000? You're, you're better <sighs> off. Dude, <laughs> let's be honest. There's, there are some douches at Beer League who would love to be able to flex. And the thing is, though, it's like blue. It's like a dark blue. So like, I, I looked at it and I'm like, I could use this for my set because my sets are like all blue and white. But I don't have $5,000 on me that I can just offload. Oh, man, that's hilarious. But uh, yeah, back to uh, yeah. the charity stuff. Yeah, as uh, <laughs> God, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what my voice just did there, but it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like Howard D. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then there was the man himself, um, Mr. Mr. Chris Rumble, which, again, I, I said on, on Twitter and Instagram in a, a post the day after. This whole idea of the, the hunt for Rumble started in, like, NHL 17. We had done the first ever Draft of Glory franchise with the Caps. And the legends of that ch- of that series, if I'm not mistaken, um, it might have been a, a combination of the series I had done that year. But the idea was I had loaded into Hut, and people said, oh, make a team out of guys like Nolan Patrick and Chris Rumble. And there was a dude who played for the Victoriaville Tigers. I think his name was Andrew Smith. He was like 6'8". Um, and it was build a hut team out of those guys and use the team. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we went to find Chris's card. Didn't exist. Okay, cool. Let me open up some silver packs and see what happens. Three months later, and who knows how much time and money spent, we finally packed him. And it was delightful. And then we decided to do it again the next year. Now, I don't know if it was the NHL 17 or 18 version that Chris saw, but he saw it 
died laughing, showed it to his teammates, <laughs> died laughing, but didn't just leave it at that. Like, he could have. Mm-hmm. And just, like, look at this goof on the internet. Fucking... <laughs> and it's fine, because that's what most people do. Oh, look at this goof on the internet, and it's perfectly cool. I know, bald head and all. Um, but no, instead, like, he embraced it. And we kept doing it year after year. And then last year was the year where I'm like, let's make this a charity stream. It makes all the sense in the world. And I am happy to say we don't have a date yet. Chris will be on this podcast. Can't wait. And I'd love to hear the story from from him one of these days. But, you know, he grows up playing hockey. And then as a teenager, he ends up uh, with, with cancer. Like, just flat out. Like, he ends up at the Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, which is one of, if not the top facility in relation to cases like this. And he fucking made it. And then still goes on to have this hockey career. And again, like you talk about the the interview potential, like I wanna I wanna understand like you know, the, the career decisions, because I'm sure he could be still an ECHL, AHL caliber defenseman, but instead he's like, I'm going to go play in Norway. I'm going to go play in Austria. Like, he's been all over the place, and that sounds awesome to me. And I can't wait to be able to ask him about that on the show. But, so it's like last year to be able to turn it into a charity stream and raise money for a cause so close to him. We had some complications, admittedly, getting some of the prizes out there, because, hey, guess what? None of us knew how fucked up the COVID situation was going to be. And he was in Norway at the time. And you know how difficult it was to try and ship a hockey stick from Norway to another country during COVID? Whew. Yeah. Uh, Very difficult. But, you know, then we go into this year, and I, I messaged him, and I'm like, hey, you know, hope you're doing well. We're doing this again. You don't have to give away anything. And he comes in clutch, giving away team merch for the club he's per- uh, currently playing with in Austria, giving away jerseys. And again, like, it's just, it's so interesting to me that, like, look, at the end of the day, is this an NHL caliber player? No. But still, this is a professional hockey player who could have just been like, this is fucking dumb. But no, instead he embraces it, and we've turned it into raising almost $20,000 for cancer-related charities in the past two years. And really, in the past 13 months. It's incredible. Like, it's just it's one of those things where, you know, you ask me at the start of this YouTube Twitch journey, like, hey, this is going to happen. I'd be like, that's fucking weird, and no, it's not. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, how, do, how does this possibly become a thing and before talking about more of the event as well i do also want to shout out uh, our good buddy timo um, at baker and timo t-y-m-o on twitter you can also find him on twitch at the baker and timo show um who you know for free was able to get a lot of graphic stuff done that i needed to get done like there were a lot of people who helped make this the success that it was and then we get in to the stream itself. Um, horrible idea to say I would change jerseys uh, for $5. Because, my God, we had to change jerseys so many times. And eventually I just lost track of it. That was awful. I'll never do that part again. Oh, my God. It, it was bad. If people, <laughs> if people donated $10, one bean from the old box of Bean Boozled. I said it a thousand times on stream. I thought people were just playing it up. I thought they were acting for the reaction. No. Those things are legitimately that bad. 
Um, I don't recommend eating as many as I did for the sake of charity. Uh, I won't go into details, but took a day or so for my, my stomach health to kind of get back to normal. That was a fun time, but hey, it was for charity. Um, God, we, we were going to have that uh, Team Tugi versus Team Twitch chat idea uh, as the backup, and we never had to get to it. Yeah. We had to do that again at some point. So how does that work um, for people who don't understand like, the concept? So basically, the idea was, if we packed Rumble super early on, I would just create, like, oh, say Deke, say uh, twitch.tv slash Deke Slayer, uh, donated the, the money to be added in. I'd make his own created player, and we'd sort of have like an all-star squad versus all-star squad, or I'd run a franchise mode real quick with that. Basically, it was just an idea to have a backup plan for what to do in case we packed him early. Because obviously the idea for the Hunt for Rumble is to open those packs to try and get him, which we never did, by the way. Um, So that that was just the idea behind that. Uh, Maybe as dumb of an idea as uh, five minutes of ASMR because Endo and I got to do the ASMR hour (laughs) Um, that was like a fever dream. I felt bad for you halfway through because you're just sitting there. I I took a nap originally and I Mm -hmm. go back to look at what he's doing. He's just there just like, yeah, now we're building bags and we're doing this. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What is he doing? So I get in the call. I was like, hey, buddy, how's it going? And then we just get there for a while. And then (laughs) I think the, the highlight of it was. I'm gonna, uh, there's, a, there's a streamer in the community called uh, Josh Fearless. Check him out. Uh, he plays a lot of competitive hut, and he's had mm-hmm. some moments on stream where he's freaked out and like broke his chair and stuff like that. So I go, um, I, I just go like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a, a Josh Fearless freakout uh, ASMR uh, real quick, and then I just go silent for like two minutes, like 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 thirty seconds, and then Tuka's like, Are you okay? And I just slam my desk. <laughs> <laughs> It was a fun time. It's ridiculous. It was a lot of fun. Um, God, we ended up with some new Twitch emotes that were hilarious as well because of some of the donos. And then... The Rumble dollars, the best. <laughs> yeah, God. And then at the end, you know, we start hitting some of those milestones. Um, we streamed from about 2 p.m. Eastern to about 7.30. In that time, we hit the halfway point of $5,000. It was 5005 as I ended the first half of the stream, uh, which does lock in uh, uh, the return of a hut series to the YouTube side of things for however long as I can mentally handle it, which we'll see. But, you know, I, I went and grabbed something to eat, sat down, talked to the girlfriend for a bit, and it was like, man, I... And I, I you know, we have a big group chat up, as, as everybody does, and I had messaged people in there, and it's just like... I'm having a hard time if it was just 5K focusing on that. You know, like 5K for charity is still, that's not nothing, you know? Especially for me where, look, I, I've had some people, honestly, in the aftermath of uh, of the, the roster sharing thing, just be like, you don't know how to take criticism and it's going to hold you back. There were, there were some comments like that, which was funny because... The end of the day, like, I've been doing this for, like, five or six years now. Right. And I have accomplished more in that time than most people ever will on YouTube or Twitch, if you think about the amount of people that try to make something happen like that. Mm. And I've said as much about the Twitch community side of it, especially. The idea of being one of those gigantic streamers, like, if I go look right now, we'll throw out XQC, for example, as one of the gigantic channels. 
anybody behind a channel of that size, odds are you do not have a relatively close relationship with the people in your chat because your chat goes by, even on slow mode, so fucking fast that there's just no way. Like, all you essentially see is a username and equate it to dollars, and that's it, unless you really put in the effort. For someone of my, you know, size on Twitch, like, I get to see the same people every day. I know stuff about every single person from the conversations. It's fucking awesome. It is a, it is legitimate. It's legitimately a community. And I've mentioned this YouTuber before, but as someone who's watched the Happy Console Gamer, um, who has a gaming channel, He's, he lives out in Vancouver, great, great channel. Again, I've been following him for a decade now, if not more. Right. You know, he kind of instilled it when he when his channel was growing. The idea of him being able to recognize that already he was getting to the point where he was having trouble keeping that same sense of community, and it disappointed him. Sure, the extra money is nice, but there is a sacrifice that ultimately is made in relation to getting paid more on something like YouTube or Twitch. And that is you lose a bit of that sense of community. So I love that I'm at that point where I have that. And continuing on with that, I am also now the proud owner of a Carey Price Habs jersey that is in the mail. There you go. Uh, for us hitting seven and a half K and we hit seven and a half K because that night as I'm talking to my girlfriend, I'm like, I can't be happy with five K. I want to hit 10 so badly. So we came back at about 10, 10 30 and slow and steady again, because through that first half, the, the first part, we were at about one K an hour for the first three hours or so. And then it started to dip, but we still got the five K. And then we come back, and within an hour, 6K. And then we started getting closer to 7. And when we hit 7, Endo again was in this chat. We actually edited the Twitch stream to put him on the call. It was fun as hell. <laughs> the frame. Once we hit 7, we roll, you know, we spin the wheel. We get the giveaway from Monkey Dude for the game codes. Before I can even do that official giveaway. We hit seven and a half K. Holy shit. Yeah. And then we hit eight K less than a minute later or a few minutes later. And before we know it, within an hour, we went from seven K to hitting that 10 K goal. Yeah, that was ridiculous. A gigantic shout out, especially to two people, which Chris, again, the top donator prize was going to be a, an autographed Rumble jersey from uh, Black Wings Linz in the Austrian League, uh, also known as ICE. And, um, well, there were a lot of people that donated multiple, you know, literally hundreds of dollars uh, to Emperor Fun and uh, Big Nate, who both donated at least $2,500 each. I think the the best. They're both yeah. They're both getting a jersey, by the way, for that because holy shit. It was but it was one thing I love about the whole situation is that they were, at first they were like, basically kind of like outbid each other to the point yeah, that yeah, it was like twenty dollar increments or something. <laughs> Emperor, no, Big Nate had one dollar up on Emperor, so he would get the jersey. <laughs> I think that's that's hilarious. I think it's amazing that uh, all this competitiveness and wouldn't get that jersey would go to a great cause. And now they're, they're both going to get one, uh, correct? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I will say, like, I was hesitant to name them specifically on, like, Twitter and Instagram because I'm like, I don't want people bugging them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people thinking if they do a charity stream that they can go bug those two. Yeah. Nor am I in the position where I'm like, oh, if I do another charity stream, they're going to come in clutch. Like, no. I don't want anybody bothering them unless it's to say, holy shit, you two are amazing uh, for doing what they did. Yeah, sort of like uh, um, when I found out who um, Hex Hockey was, uh, who was also a big, big donator in the NHL community for a little while. Donated $100 to the, the charity stream as well. Yeah, so he was so basically helping the community out during like a really, really big down spot. And he's a big fan of the community of NHL and content creators. And when I found out who it was, because I had an interaction with them before, I didn't want to tell anybody because... I didn't want people to depend on people in a way. If yeah. someone's going to do something like this, like a charitable act to help someone out or help out a cause, you should be able to do it anonymously. anonymously. Or if you want to declare yourself, you should do it your, on your own way. And uh, I even told him, I'm like, I don't want to let people to know because like, that's the reason why. All he did was tell people about whatever his, his cause was and what he wanted to do, which was fair. And hmm. hats off to everybody for everything. It's been a crazy... Uh, 24 hours during that span and it, it's it's good for me to learn too because i'm i'm a brand new nhl creator or not even nhl just like a general content creator and so to mm. surround myself with guys like yourself deke crash and guys who've been doing this for a little bit of a while and learn like the ins and outs and how things work um and getting to experience uh, a big event like this it, it helps me look for the future if I want to do stuff like this, where to go, how to run things, how to make things look proper and professional. Because uh, you did like a lot of the work. And like you said, this was like two weeks, two weeks ago you got positioned about this. I remember a few days ago you were telling us in the Discord how you were nervous, how you were worried about everything and make sure everything's going to go right. We're like, we got you, man. You need anything? You got cool. us here. And it's it's great that you have, you have like, guys that help you out with everything like that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, the fact that by the end of this, and I will say, like, those two going head to head and, and carrying this in a way did lead to other people also going kind of crazy at the end, too, because yeah. you just get wrapped up in it. It's ridiculous. We ended up finishing just under with just under $11,000, which is insane, in roughly 10 hours. Like I said, the community that I have, the community that I've built, I don't need it to be any bigger. I don't even necessarily want it to be any bigger. Like, am I going to be that much happier with a Lambo in the driveway? Not really. I got to be honest. Not really. That's just not the way that I'm wired. Um, it was it was incredible, man. It was incredible to, to be able to do that in such a, a short amount of time. And... You know, like I said, I wasn't necessarily content at half the goal, even though I probably should have been. You know, I do try to be that type of person to look more at what you have instead of what you don't, you know. And 5000 for charity is still an impactful amount. Like, the people that I was working with on the stream were happy with the 5K. Like, I should have been happy, but I, I wasn't content with it. We went back, and thank thank God we did, man. I mean... Again, obviously, we ended up hitting our, our $10,000 goal. I shaved my goddamn head bald, which, you know, could look worse, I think. You know, again, if I were to go bald, I think I can at least manage this. Um, boy, was it interesting to uh, have to wear a hat when I had to go shovel the driveway this morning. <laughs> uh, it's just every sensation is is super, super weird. Um, man, it's... It's been great, though, and it was, 
I, I, I know, like, mentally I wanted the whole idea of, like, hey, let me shave my goddamn head. Because it's, it's essentially that reminder of, like, hey, you did good. And on top of that, I mean, number one, too, it's what the community wanted. Yeah. <laughs> That's the 10K goal. But I talked about it during the stream as well, and it's like, man, there isn't a, a single person out there who doesn't know what it's like to have their lives affected by cancer. So to raise 10K for the American Cancer Society, it's incredible. And I've talked about it. And I'll always be open about it. And I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to be open with the internet about any type of, of struggles like this because it is an incredibly personal thing. But that's why I started on YouTube and Twitch. It's like, hey, if I can make a difference, even with just one person to be like, oh my God, I'm having a horrible night. Let me watch this guy yell about rosters. Ah, okay, I took my mind off it for a little bit. That's good enough for me. Right. You know. I lost my grandfather on my dad's side to pancreatic cancer when I was five. And you have someone that important to you in your life ripped away at such a young age. Dude, it's it's 22 years later. I'm still feeling the effects of that. Right. You know, you go back and forth between where you're at and your level of acceptance and how much it impacts you. But still, like... That was the catalyst for then a few years later, I almost lost my dad uh, to the effects of Crohn's disease. And that is what really kind of led to, you know, a, a lot of mental health struggles for me growing up, certainly. I look back, it's been 10 years um, since uh, I lost uh, one of my aunts on my mom's side to liver cancer. The year after that... Granted, she was she was essentially my aunt as well, uh, not technically related, uh, but she passed away as well due to liver cancer. And it's just one of those things that's like consistently persisted. So for me to be able to do something, anything in relation to trying to make a difference in that regard after as I've said quite a few times, betting on myself. Like, again, I know I'm not the biggest creator in the world. I don't have to be. You know, I, I bet on myself five or six years ago to start trying this. And I never say this stuff to flex. And I get it. Like, some people are going to view it that way because it's the fucking internet and that's all it seems to be is a fucking pissing contest between people. It doesn't help when... You have fucking douchebag billionaires like Elon, Elon Musk flexing on Twitter like, look at how rich I am. I don't even pay my fucking taxes and people fucking grovel at his feet. Like, that's the society that we live in. It's all about fucking flexing and showing what you have. But for me, like I said, five, six years ago, I'm between jobs and I'm like, fuck, what exactly am I going to do? Let me try this shit. And I look at what has happened since. And again, two charity streams down, almost $20,000 raised for cancer-related charities. Yeah. I'm in a position that a lot of people would die to be in. Like, I only have, I say only, but 13,000 followers on Twitch puts me pretty far up there mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things for the amount of people that actually try to be successful on Twitch. Yeah, another thing about that, like, legi yeah. uh, sorry Legitimately, to I can state claim to, I know the title Game Changer, is a bit of a meme in and of itself. But I can literally look at the conversations I have had with that dev team and point directly 
to changes and features that my input and my community's input has helped lead to. I have had the privilege of getting flown out there and meeting these people. I have had the privilege of getting my name in the credits of the video game that I used to skip school to play. Uh, I, like I said, I, I'm at the point where I am paid to do commentary, even if it's esports commentary. Do you know how many fucking people in this scene would love to have the position that I have at NHL Gamer? Like, there isn't anybody on within this fucking scene that's like, I want to do commentary that would turn down the spots that Sin and I have with NHL Gamer. Like, and all of these incredible things, I think I do put this past Saturday. It's just another one of those things that I can look back on, even if I am off YouTube. Say 2022 is my last year Yeah. on YouTube and Twitch. I don't plan on it being, but say that it is. I get to look back and be like, okay, that... That chunk of time was worth the time investment. I did not waste that time. I did good with that time and can look back on it positively. And this stream from this past Saturday and knowing I'm going to have a bald fucking head in the Christmas pictures this year, it, it's probably number one on the list, man. This weekend was incredible, dude. It was so incredibly uh, personally validating. I am... You know, still just so fucking humbled by the community that I have, the friends that I have. Like, it's 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 all of it. The people that showed up in support, the, you know, the people who were there day in and day out. Like, it's just, like I said, maybe I'm just super reflective because it's that time of year anyway. Right. But just very, very humbled by all of this and never so happy to have to wear a hat every time I have to leave the house to keep my head warm. Definitely. It's, um, it's, it's a lot of reflection. And, um, the one thing that I like to tell people a lot with terms of content creation is when you're first starting out, do it because you like to do it. Don't do it because it mm -hmm. pays out the money. Because when you first start, you're not going to make it. You're not, you're, you're not going to make any money. If not a little bit of money. I've been doing this for what I, I didn't make, I didn't make anything really like i mean you want to even talk about like oh like i don't know if i got paid in the first year and then beyond that like nothing overly significant to even bank because that first little bit that you make yeah. you need to reinvest back in it exactly. upgrade the mic upgrade the webcam upgrade the computer so it's i mean again to the uh man to the people that do strike gold very very quickly bravo but that is not the uh man that's not that's not the common story uh one thing i like to tell people is that one percent of twitch streamers on twitch average more than 20 views one percent hmm. of content creators actually not even like 0.01 percent of content creators on twitch itself can make it profitable and have basically livable income off of it. There was a list that leaked out, I think, earlier this year that showed yeah. like the top 10,000 from a certain like a two year span and how much they were making just from subs and bids alone. And like like the, the one on the bottom of that list, and it was like top 10,000 or whatever. It was like they were making basically $10,000 from like that whole two year span. So you be, you average it out to be five thousand dollars just on subs and bits. Obviously, this doesn't account to donations and all that. That's another thing we don't want to talk, talk about and clarify with. But go into making content because you like it. 
uh, for example, if you're talking about financials and stuff like that, I've been doing this for a year and a half and I'm still in the hole technically with the money that I've made through streaming. I'm very fortunate that yeah. I somehow was able to make 100, 200, I think maybe like $400 from streaming and everything of that's gone back into my setup. Uh, I had mm-hmm. to buy a new PC. I had to go buy a new graphics card, which I've been yelling about, which my mom yelled about last <laughs> that last time on the podcast uh-huh. <laughs> about trying to get it over in the US, but she didn't understand how the supply chain and how everything works. That's, that's besides the point. But in terms of making stuff, do it because you're passionate about it, because the passion will drive you to be more successful. And then when you become successful, then the money will come in. The money should never be the first thing you think of doing anything whatsoever. If you want to make money, you go to school and you become a banker. You want to do anything else like that? You do something like that. That'll make you, you care about money so much. You do that. If you want to be more creative, you can focus on doing your other stuff as well. You can focus on doing stuff that has you stuff like that. But the way I see it personally is I'm not going to drop everything out of hat for Twitch streaming immediately because there's no way and no how in the first year or two that I've been doing this, I'll be able to make enough money to live off of it. Yeah. Now, don't let that be a, a dismotivator to do whatever you want, but just do something, put it out. If you're thinking about putting out a video, just shove it out there. You got to you got to start somewhere, right? There are people who look back at their old videos and they say, you know what? That video might be bad now that I look at it then, but I didn't know much. And that's the that's the big motivator to get out there. Throw something on there. It could stick. You could find someone who says, oh, you know what? I can help you out with this and offer this services right there. Um, like I reached out to Tsugi originally to help him with videos. God, it's been like half a year since I've done a video for you. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been really busy with working on other stuff. But uh, uh yeah um just just keep keep it out there keep trying if you have an idea to put out there just throw it out there even if it's like not like professionally done it doesn't need to be that's the power of the internet's the power of twitch especially you can just go put your webcam in a corner you don't even have to use a webcam just grab a mic connected to your xbox stream from the xbox do it that way there's so many accessible ways for content creators to become content creators and put stuff out there. There are some guys who still right now are just streaming from the consoles. Like 2BC hasn't shown his face ever. Mm. Ever. And this guy is the top NHL community guy. 100%. He goes live, he gets a thousand viewers. But he's worked for that craft. Nasher, he's worked for that craft. No sleeves, mm. yourself, like Henrique, all these guys, they've worked and put their heart on their sleeves and in terms of making content. It's built up over a while. There are guys who get the super successful off the beginning off the hop, but that's an abnormality. You're going to have to take a while for it to go through, but don't let anything that we're saying discourage you. Just put something out there, have it go through, and you'll eventually get something going. Promise you. The conversation's taken a couple different uh, twists and turns. I, I feel like I've probably said everything that I can say without uh, you know retreading and repeating. Yeah. Um, this has turned from to yeah. take to like... Uh, internet wellness and you <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah man no this this weekend was incredible and something that I, I i won't forget and i mean again like this isn't the point but someone shared a, a link and it's like the bills raise forty thousand dollars for a, a charity or something like that and they're like you raised a fourth amount of money as the buffalo bills and i'm like that's not the point <laughs> but at the same time I'm like, eh, okay, you know. that's kind of cool in a sense. Like, it's just, man, again, like, it, it's not 
none of it is intended as a, a, a pat on the back, you know, self-congratulatory anything. It's just, I'm, oh man, I am just very humbled by this past weekend. Bald head and all. <laughs> at, uh, at what we've, uh, at what we've been able to do as a community, everybody. So with that, I can't imagine we'll have too much to talk about uh, this particular, uh, you know, uh, this particular week, you know, we will have another show, I do believe, up on Thursday, the 23rd. Like I said, we'll talk about the World Juniors there, and we'll we'll see what else happens this week. Again, I can't imagine there'll be too much um, as things continue to evolve, but we'll be here at the very least, and uh, we'll see what happens heading in the next week as well in regards to, obviously, it's a very busy time uh, for a lot of us, I know Sin probably won't be able to be here for the rest of this week either, as we as we mentioned. But uh, Endo and I should be here. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, Endo, any uh, any parting words? I'd say uh, let's get your mom on the phone. But we'd be here until nine p.m. So let's yeah. not. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to say thank you uh, to everyone uh, in the community for helping out with the charity stream. It's it was amazing. Uh, definitely something that I would love to do myself and help out with at any given time. Uh, hopefully with more notice in two weeks. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great experience. And yeah, you guys knocked it out of the park. Uh, you can find me on social media as uh, Endo Mills on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. I might go live tonight. Uh, I'm actually doing a, I'm thinking of doing a little series here where I give chat $100. And I tell them to buy me anything they want. Uh, we'll put it in a list. We'll play a game of marbles. And then whatever it lands on, I have to buy that item. Up to $100. There you go. Yeah. I think, too, um, you know, it's funny. I, I've been talking with one Mr. Crash Andrews in regards to what are we going to do with the Hunt for Rumble? Because Crash normally sponsors the celebratory confetti cannon. Uh, I wasn't actually able to find a confetti cannon. So we have the Crash Andrews bowl of confetti. Uh, that went unused because we didn't pack uh, Rumble's card on, on yeah. Saturday. Um, so we might even do the type of thing where I'm going to keep the giveaway going. Um, in that, hey, say someone's like, hey, here's five bucks. Open up packs on Hut. Uh, if we pack Rumble with those five bucks, they'll send you a jersey. That type of thing. Because the hunt's still on. The hunt doesn't end until we get the most elusive card in Ultimate Team. So hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll make things work still. And God, again, I have a hut series coming up. Um, I'd kind of like to pack Chris's card to use on the hut series as like the team captain uh, throughout the journey. So hopefully we can get him sooner rather than later. <laughs> but we'll find out. Um, Endo, it was fun. Thank you for being here, of course. And um, yeah, everybody, again, we'll see you this Thursday. Twitch.tv slash Endo Mills E N D O Mills. You can find him on Twitter. Everywhere. I am at Tukey24 everywhere. We will see you later on this week. I am going to go put a hat on because it's cold. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>